welcome back to another episode of... Kiefer. <laughs> Barely Newer. The podcast where we watch a movie, then get really high and talk about it. <laughs> As you do. As always, we're joined by my lovely Bee. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> and my wonderful husband, Chris. How's it going? Our movie today was 1990s Tremors. It's a very special extra episode that we've decided to put together just because mm-hmm. it's been a good time. It has, yeah. Uh, so what do we call this uh, this version of the episode? Oh, God, you literally just told me a second ago when <laughs> I was smoking downstairs and completely forgot. Oh, it's a Baconator. <laughs> Baconator? I barely knew her. <laughs> so we're going to get started smoking here. Smoke if you would like or, you know, do whatever else you need to do to just kind of get your brain juices flowing and get into the conversation. Oh, yeah. So hopefully you're going to be able to get to where we're about to get. See you in a minute. back and we're high yes we are <laughs> so let's jump right in 1990s tremors the kevin baconator <laughs> the kevin baconator uh chris tell me where the story took you well you know I, i've got to say kevin bacon is a great actor mm-hmm. like even in the 90s <laughs> like he was a he was a good actor um however i was I really didn't feel like he jumped into the role as much as he could have, you know? Like, when they were trying to put that fence up, mm-hmm. and he was using that tack, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he swung and missed, I would yeah. say, about eight times. And he's supposed to be, like, a handyman. Mm-hmm. A guy, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't have very good carpentry skills, and that's not even carpentry. That's, like, driving a fastener. <laughs> Um, so you know how I told you I looked at the IMDb trivia and poured through the hundreds of thousands of comments? Was it supposed to portray their uh, incompetence? What, what happened was Kevin Bacon decided to do it and didn't tell Fred Ward, uh, the Earl character. And so that was his real reaction to <laughs> Kevin Bacon missing eight times. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but... You actually bring up a really interesting point. I I was reading this information about um, Kevin Bacon and the movie. So at the time that he took it, his wife was pregnant, and he took it because they needed the money. Oh, man. He says that at one point he was, like, on the sidewalk saying, I'm doing a movie about a freaking underground worm thing. (laughs) When the the movie came out, it was a a commercial shit stain. But, (laughs) like, like it didn't do great. But, like, once it got to video, Mm -hmm. it did fantastic. It did so well. But Kevin Bacon was already so mad at it that for years wouldn't acknowledge that he was in it, wouldn't talk about it said it was a terrible movie. And then one day he just like fucking chilled out and was like, you know what? That was a good movie. It was a good movie. And he said that that movie was the best time he's ever had on set. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's just like cool. I'm that glad is. he came around. I am too. Like, yeah. Oh, it's such a classic. 
Such a classic. I remember seeing it when I wasn't supposed to. Well, yeah, because it, you know. Well, you know, Smurfs not allowed. It was yeah. like black magic and worms. Worms underground, you could have been. It was murder worms. Murder, okay. yeah. Or danger worms. I don't, a well, danger noodle. You know what? Murder worms aren't in the Bible, so you don't get to watch a movie about them. Okay? <laughs> Take that. Oh, man. Early 90s. Yeah, so I just, I really thought that was, was cool. The Baconator. The Baconator. You know. Just seeing it for what it was. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a fun romp. You know, but it is a good movie. Like, we were watching it, and, you know, we kind of dump on it now, and we're like fucking tremors, like, (laughs) crab boys. But, oh, my God. I mean, you think about it, it was 1990, and to have Mm -hmm. those animatronics that size. Yes. That was a big undertaking, but engineering task. That's actually interesting you mentioned that. They were concerned how they were going to deal with the get a large creature like this with such a small budget. Yeah. And they had all these ideas about the outside of the graboid and all the things that it could do. And then they eventually went with the snakes out of the mouth because that was the cheapest solution. They could use it more often than not. And sometimes it was like wire work. Sometimes it was freaking hand puppets. Oh, my God. And those actually ended up working better than most. Yeah. So they were so creative, but it's it just still came out so good. It's so much like, fun. The the creature itself, you can tell people thought this through. What is this creature gonna look like? It has like a bone cage over its skull, like essentially. Ball. Uh you know, like a cow catcher, it's like a, <laughs> a sand catcher. And but it it's like hard and that you just get the idea that this is what this animal is. That's a really good point. It made sense for the most part. Like mm-hmm. you would think, okay, there would be some kind of muscle structure that could move those little things on the side of it mm-hmm. to make it move. And depending on how that bone structure around its face Mm -hmm. ends up working it could be like breaking shit up in front of it i mean or it could be like dune and it's just sending out all these sound (laughs) waves and turning the sand into water you know dad could you imagine if tremors it could do that like holy shit that would be insane oh you could not you would everyone dead all of us immediately (laughs) ruined like they could go so much faster yeah Oh, they would grow so big because you'd just never be able to stop them. God, is that how Dune started? I don't know, maybe. Like millennia ago? <laughs> or millennia later? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, um, the worms uh, started that whole evolutionary creepathon. <laughs> they just got more tentacles and they turned into fur. Yeah, I'll be know. honest, I don't remember what the creature in Dune looks like. It's creepy. The sand one? It's real creepy. Okay, I'm glad I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, there's so many fun facts about that movie. But that's a completely different... We didn't even watch that tonight. <laughs> no, we're, we didn't We're sitting that. here talking yeah. about this forever. We're anyway. talking about Tremors. We're yes. talking about how what good of a job they did on the animal. Um, they made we, it believable. Like, you didn't have to suspend your disbelief so much that it was, this is bullshit. Right? There's no way it would be able to move that fast. Oh, my God. Yeah. But they also made it look really good underground. So that really made it make sense. If you had just seen that, and then it like did it, and you'd be like, "Fuck no, 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 that's that's a bullshit." But because it was already doing that, and you see it, and you're like, "Oh, that okay, all right." That's the thing. That's impressive. Thing. Well, you know, there was when I saw it as a child. Mm-hmm. When you weren't supposed to. When I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I was super into like just bugs and mm-hmm. you know I was a anything total crawly nerd. outside. Yeah, it was, and I grew up in Florida. Like, yeah, you need to embrace it, or it's <laughs> just 
horrific nightmares, PTSD yes. about all the shit you oh ran into. <laughs> so I embraced it. <laughs> I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed all of that. And there was a very specific bug that mm-hmm. this this creature reminded me of, and oh, it was yeah? called a sand lion. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, you sound so brave. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrifying. Okay. 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 So they'll build <laughs> these steep walled, uh, like kind of like uh, cones. Like if you were to like mm-hmm. yeah. stick a cone shape down into the, the sand, and then if anything like comes in and knocks sand down, it spits sand out. To continue making a landslide on that steep incline that it's created until the thing gets close enough to its mandibles where it just like collapses on them and then pulls them into the sand and eats them. So that's like Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. The, the. God damn it. We're going to be crucified. Sarlacc? Am I that? I think, yes, the Sarlacc pit. God damn it. What is wrong with me right now? My thing is like you say pit and I think like indoor dark pit. But the sand line, yeah. look it up. It Creepy also looks AF. terrifying. They're very, if it had, like, if it's mandibles, if there was, like, a second <laughs> set that kind of came like up predator? and down, sort of like predators, yeah, <laughs> it would look so much like a graboid. <laughs> like ah. they're, they're long, but yeah, it's, anyways, Google it. Sand line. If you don't want to have nightmares. I'm the kind of person that if I was looking through like a book when I was a kid and it had all sorts of animals, if it was one that had like pictures, like a page had a picture of something creepy or gross, a spider that scared me, I would not want to touch the page where that spider was. I would like barely touch the page and try to move it gently. I know. I always knew that makes no sense. Even now, I just... I love you. (laughs) We've gotten so far off the rails. No, we haven't. Stop giving us crap. We're doing, we're talking about worms. We are, yeah. We, we have a slight side tangent. We're back to worms. <laughs> <laughs> so th- these creatures were, were great. They were really thought, well thought through. Um, the effects in the movie were, were great. Uh, the way they moved under the sand was really cool. When they chase them on the boardwalk and they make all those the boards ripple. They did. They worked hard to... They did. Yeah, I appreciate that. They, enge- so they nice. engineered a lot of very, very cool practical effects. Yeah. Very yeah. neat. They did a... Yeah, I was really impressed. And then on top of that, the acting is really good. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Bacon thought it was a crap movie, but he still acted well. Right? <laughs> Integrity. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> if I'm going to hate it, I'm, it I'm still going to do it. Doesn't Whatever. Uh, I don't know. That didn't make sense. But I know what you meant. But, yeah. So I think it, it was a, I think it was a good movie. Uh, I think it, you know, credit where credit is due. And thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but beyond that, I actually wanted to talk um, about uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. Really. Uh, maybe not really quick. Maybe we'll really dive into something here. Um, <laughs> so Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, the, the Val and Earl characters, I just want to take a moment to appreciate their bromance oh because God. it was beautiful. It was. You. There was you, a closeness. Even when they fought, yeah. there was, they were never going to part. They were moving to a different town together and it always would have been together their lives are they're they're planning the rest of their lives together and they just it's nice i like it i do too i think it's a beautiful thing and they don't get weird about it they just care about each other the plan was we're doing this together yes whatever that is we're doing so then talking about bromances i actually wanted to point out uh I have relationship goals now because I want to be like uh, Reba McIntyre and Alex P. Keaton's dad. 
they're just their team. They are. They're one hundred percent a team. They they work together. They get they're aware of each other and helpful of each other. There's there's no lion team. Except in the a hole. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked them. I thought they were, they were cool. No, I definitely, like, I agree with you 100% in the fact that they had a goal mm-hmm. and they were coordinated. Yes. Like, they were, yeah. they were synergized. Like they they knew what was going on. They had a shootout with a graboid and communicated <laughs> passing arms back and forth. Right? That's also, not easy to she do. she saved his ass. Yes. She saved his ass. Pump action shotgun. <laughs> straight to the graboid tentacle. Like, no hesitation. She just fucking was on it. And you know what else? Hmm. Alex B. Keaton's dad still had a foot afterwards. He did. He did. She didn't come anywhere near his foot. Mm -mm. And that was... Thank you, Reba. Right? That's right. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. We're sitting here talking about this. (laughs) We have all these guns. (laughs) We have a Red Ryder BB gun. No, I'm I'm just saying that what they were doing was a really tense situation. Yeah. It was, you know, easy for one person to just focus on what they're doing. I, I could see in a movie, normally a character like Bert would uh, be like, no, I can do this. I can save us. I can take care of us and be more dismissive of his wife. But here they, they both made sure that they had what they needed. They were passing like ammo and guns back and forth. She had input into what weapon to use and he stopped to listen. That's a really good point too. And I wonder... Mm-hmm. You were saying that stuff like when he's assertive about different things. That's always in front of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think there's like a persona that he feels like he needs to portray I to think maintain so. that doomsday prepper, hardcore badass I... who doesn't give a fuck? <laughs> I think that he um he does want to have that persona because he wants to be more of a threatening figure so people don't even try to come fuck with him. Right. He want he makes sure everybody knows he's got a bunch of guns and he is not nothing's gonna stop him if you get on his property without warning. Food for five years, fresh water. In writing forty eight hours in advance. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because he was never like that between the two of them, even when they were fighting a fucking graboid in their faces. And he was so submissive when mm-hmm. she, like, turned around and was giving him shit for continuing to try to shoot it through the dirt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think I scared it. <laughs> like, he had to yeah. make an excuse for what he was doing. <laughs> like, that's not the uh, <laughs> that assertive. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when he goes and gets worked up with everybody else... She calms him down. She's always like, it's okay. All right. It's fine. Come on You're right. He, does, he thinks he knows everything. And I think they just have a really cute dynamic. I would agree. Mm-hmm. They're a fun couple. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I don't know if we'd necessarily be friends, but they seem, yeah. like, a, they seem like a good couple, right? <laughs> I just, I, I love that they respect each other. So I did want to actually dive a little bit more into the doomsday prepper thing. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. So Bert and uh, Reba McIntyre have like a trailer and they've built a basement underneath <laughs> surrounded by like cinder blocks right? and shit. They put that together. They created an arsenal God, underground. I love that. They were like sitting there with the guns shooting at it and they mm-hmm. ran out of bullets and they, were, they looked at each other like it was a problem. And then the <laughs> camera like pans back and you just see this wall and it's just covered <laughs> yeah, in guns. Right? And you're just like, oh, this thing's fucked. Exactly. You're like, oh, no, they've only got a couple of guns. And, oh, wait, no, they're good. <laughs> oh, they they're just fine. only had a couple on them? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. They get happy. Right? 
Um, so what happens when a doomsday prepper who feels that he has um, thought of every occasion, every circumstance, he has something to, you know, because he was saying they had supplies for this, supplies for that, like they were good for this. What happens when you've prepared for everything except your enemy coming from below? Do you have a secret treehouse bunker <laughs> that you have just in case because you have thought through every potential scenario? I think in this situation, if you have something that is coming at you from below, mm-hmm. you're a doomsday prepper, mm-hmm. you get a helicopter. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the words of Bill Burr, (laughs) this is the ultimate fuck this shit, I'm out vehicle. That's uh, actually a great call. Um, Yeah, you just gotta get a license and a chopper. I feel Bert would be assertive enough and disciplined enough to be able to do that. Oh, he could, yeah, for sure. 100%. If he doesn't already have one. I could see it. He's like, you know, we had to build the bunker. We had to build... (laughs) And those aviators? (laughs) Yeah. Like, God. They just hand him the keys to the plane or the helicopter. Seriously. It's like, why am I even holding these? Obviously, look at you. These belong to you. (laughs) But seriously, I'm pretty sure he has it. Some sort of flight license. <laughs> no, I, I 100%. Because he does seem like he would have prepared for a lot of scenarios. <laughs> right. And I could see him being like, honey, if we're ever like, at an airfield or on a helipad, I want us to be prepared. Exactly. These are the planes <laughs> that I can fly. Mm-hmm. And Keep she an eye out. can uh, fly some of the other ones, too. Exactly. you got to have backup. Absolutely. You don't know what's going to be on the airfield. No. What's been destroyed mm-hmm. by random damage. I mean, come what's on. What's being chewed on by a monster. Exactly. Yeah. Its wheels blown out by its, like, tentacle mouth. I don't know. <laughs> that was the worst spray thing I could have no. used. <laughs> no, I, I, I just laughed because we just kept going back and forth with different parts. So, something that I was thinking about during that, mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't ever really noticed until this viewing, and I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that doctor and his wife yeah. that were building their house, mm-hmm. and he was holding on to that 2 by 4 <laughs> and it oh, broke yeah. so hard it hit her in the side <laughs> of the head, and she kind of like <laughs> fell over. That's not what I noticed. Okay. Um, what I noticed was... You sure brought it up, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it was it was an interesting addition to the film. Okay. It was a serious attention to detail with the amount of force it would take to break that 2 by 4 I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> it has been said. <laughs> um, All right. So what did you notice? The place that they were building mm-hmm. looked like it was going to be a general store or some sort of storefront. It looked like it had the same kind of like front panel sign Mm -hmm. that they were, the frame that they were building looked like it could have been another general store. So. Well, I do want to throw out there. Yeah. That they talked about sleeping in there. So you're saying that this is a home and general store? Not, not like a home store and a general, (laughs) like their home and And a general general store. store. Yes. So that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Those are some wild accusations. Yeah. Are they going to get wilder? Much. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it's uh, Victor Wong Mm -hmm. currently has a monopoly in perfection. The the town of perfection. The town of perfection. Mm -hmm. 
has a monopoly holder. Mm-hmm. If you notice, watching the movie, when they're doing the septic tank work, mm-hmm. it says Chang's Rentals on the side. Okay. Okay, so I was thinking about it, and he has, mm-hmm. a, he's the only general store. So, like, he's the only place yeah. you can go to get groceries. Mm-hmm. Only place you can go to get, like, toilet paper, like, any of that stuff. All of your importance. He has a stranglehold. It's like a bar, too, right? It's also a bar. <laughs> he also has horses. So, he does, like, tourist oh, shit. Oh, man. All right. And he rents out the only septic pump to the guys who will use it. Mm-hmm. So, it's like he has this monopoly on everything. Then the doctors show up, and they're building their general store, (laughs) which will be in direct competition Mm -hmm. with his. Yeah. Not only will he lose business just for the novelty of going to somewhere else to see something new in a town of 14. (laughs) Perfection, pop 14. (laughs) Right? So think about that. Like, Chang will lose money hand over fist. And there's not a lot of money to go around in that town. There is not. And if they're bringing in new equipment, rentals may change hands. Chang is losing market share. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a valid concern. It is. If if what these wild accusations you're making about the doctor are true, then I I would be concerned if I were uh, Chang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, not only does Chang buy the piece of the graboid, right? Yeah. And he named it. Oh. Isn't the person who sees it first supposed to name it? Oh. Well, this, this feels like another wild accusation. <laughs> so did Chang somehow mm-hmm. come across... A graboid on one of his tourist excursions. Ah. And do something to get it to follow him. Make its way towards the town of perfection. But he assumed, with the way that they're surrounded by mountains and everything, Mm -hmm. that it would just take out the doctor, a.k.a. the competition. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, I'm... I'm following. <laughs> but then falls victim to his own plot. Mm. There it is. Okay. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Book. Boom. Damn. You got a... Wow. Okay. So I kind of... I'm interested in this idea, and I would like to explore it a little more. Specifically, how he got to this graboid. And I have... A multitude of options for you. Um, I can just lay them out and then you can um, pick whichever one you like. The one that I think makes the most sense in the worst of ways (laughs) is if he found um, a magic bottle out in the the desert and he rubbed it and it opened a graboid that he was allowed to um, give instructions to. But this graboid was a jerk, uh, much like genies or gin are and like procreated asexually somehow and then just like really quickly and then just decided to eat everybody because they were hungry that's so what what you're saying probably pretty plausible 
<laughs> life uh, finds a way. Yes, it does. Um, but no, there are. There's the alien theory, but the odds that you would negotiate with an alien to get the upgraboid into your arsenal—that's a lot of negotiating for somebody who, I assume, doesn't speak alien. I think he found a cursed egg. A cursed egg. Ooh. Wait, now with a cursed egg, do you throw it at the house of the person you don't like? You couldn't, it wasn't built. Oh, God. He tried to hit a beam and he missed. He got to the ground. So the gravel kid just kept eating the sand there. Oh, my God. Cursed egg. Cursed egg. That's the theory. That is, that's a admirable theory. On a tourist trail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Now, does he know or sense that it is cursed, or does somebody warn him? I had an instruction. Question? Yeah. Does the instruction manual come in English or Chinese? <laughs> Or is it like you flip it around and it does the opposite one? Like the other language is upside down and backwards on the pamphlet? I don't know where it was fabricated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) So just overall, though, this theory, this conspiracy theory you have about Chang. Yeah. Um, does talking through some of these options make you feel even stronger like that's a possibility? I mean, honestly, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) When you've smoked as much weed as I have (laughs) in a shorter period of time, it'll get you. Just everything's clear. You can see cursed eggs now. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. I think we have some on our calendar. (laughs) Another thing that was really funny was Trying to find all the fucks that they dubbed out. Oh, yeah. There were, like, over 20 fucks in the script, and they almost got an R rating for it. So they were like, okay, fine. And they dropped it down to two, but they didn't do reshoots. They just dubbed. (laughs) So many many times they say Mother Humper. You're not you're not fooling anybody with that, but it's not as bad as some of the other ones. Um, like I've heard mother father. I'm like, how does that make any sense that that's the swear word? That was a real possibility that Chang. It was a whole conspiracy. Like, yeah. Chang totally set it up. He had to kill the competition, man. He couldn't lose market share. Also, the doctor was gonna. He had new vendors. Like obviously, the doctor yeah. would get new vendors. He was probably gonna get videotapes and. To rent out, that would have killed them. Oh, man. They'd stop going over there for a turkey sandwich (laughs) if they can go pick up a VHS somewhere. (laughs) And uh, Chang's place is getting a little run down. Yeah. You know, the doctor's place was going to be brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. Fresh coat of paint does a lot. (laughs) It does. It wouldn't be much fresher (laughs) than just built. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I know. You were asking the question, essentially, why now? Yeah. Because that would make sense for Chang's be, to be doing it now. Yeah. The timing works on there. But if it's not, if it's the, not the, the conspiracy. A Chang conspiracy. <laughs> then, then what? 
uh, I want to throw out there that um, they considered filming. Oh, actually, they did film an earthquake scene. Yeah. For the film, they were gonna say that some kind of earthquake is what uh, brought these up. Them. But in the test screenings, people hated seeing how animals were reacting to the earthquake. Like they were like upsetting animals to get the effect of an earthquake, and it people just didn't like it. Oh man! Yeah. So they just did a poor job of displaying an earthquake. Yeah. So they had to remove a crucial scene <laughs> the, from but, the movie. But, but they said that it doesn't, uh, they kind of want it open now. They liked leaving the the where, why, how open on it, obviously, for, for... sequels, <laughs> of which they have 30. Poor Bert. Poor He's... Bert. He's getting work, man. That's fair. That, you know, That's I, fair. I, I don't know that many other people are calling him. <laughs> That's what I mean, poor Bert. Oh, <laughs> He's definitely getting work, but it's the work he wants. Mm. Or is he in, like, the flow situation? Yes, flow from progressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is rough. You kind of, you get pigeonholed. Right. You you play a character like that that people just identify with. It's hard for productions to put you in a role because people just associate you with that. Like, the dude who did the, um, can you hear me now? That Mm -hmm. dude? was under contract for like 11 years or something. And they actually bought him out of being able to do other work because they wanted his exclusivity because he was a personality for them. And yeah, you do get paid more money for that, but he said it ruined his career. Like he went back to theater. Like he he couldn't do anything else. And he was so mad because those were his glasses. Those glasses that he wore, the big thick rim glasses that got super popular... Those were his glasses, and now he doesn't want to wear them anymore because he's too recognizable that way. Look. So that's my my diatribe about. Okay, now we've gotten off. Topic. We've really gone off really? the rails again. Man, we're we're good or bad at this? I don't know. Right. <laughs> God, we're just too high. Is um, that a thing? I don't think it's a thing. We were talking about where graboids come from. It would have been amazing if we could have had that scene where there was like a crazy earthquake. It Something would have, that explained... It would have made... But so, like, okay, I can understand that that one chick is a seismologist mm-hmm. and that she is going to school for her PhD and obviously she has to do research mm-hmm. for her dissertation, yeah. which would be the seismology that she is doing <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the movie ever talked about earthquakes. Nobody in the movie ever talked about seismic activity of any kind. If... She was there because there had been an earthquake in a place that didn't normally get earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have made way more sense in the movie to have her there? I I have a counter to this. Yeah? I do. Yeah? Um, and I just thought of it just now. <laughs> um, I think that most seismologists are overseeing areas with very little activity because we don't get earthquakes very often. So most places don't just have, like, rumbling all the time. So generally what they do is if you've, like, I think what they do (laughs) is if there's, like, a volcano nearby that they don't know is going to blow, then they kind of just track the seismic activity around there and look for any kind of growing patterns. And I got this, I believe, from the movie Volcano. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. With Pierce Brosnan. For giving us some (laughs) reference 
as to where this information has come from because i i truly i wanted to know like i was like okay so all of this information that you're telling me about seismologists Mm -hmm. this seems oddly detailed for, <laughs> for me to know? No, just for speculation. Like, it oh, seemed like you yeah. were just speculating on what no, seismologists no. do. Um, and I was like, it seems very oddly detailed that you would be like, they go to these different places based on like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be honest. Every movie I've seen with a volcano, people are surprised to see activity. They're like, <laughs> it's been so quiet. Why is it loud now? But every single movie that I've seen where a volcano goes off, they're looking at nothing and then there's something. And it's the same concept, I think, with alien movies. Because people are just sitting around monitoring nothing until there's something. something. shows up. Yeah. So that's my counter. I uh, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that could possibly explain what she's doing there. She did seem to have some somewhat of a geology background. And I don't know if seismology and geology Mm. go hand in hand, like if it's a specialization. I I think the, the better question, instead of asking why was she there, I would ask why... Anyone else was there. <laughs> Anyone Why else. do you this live was, in a town of 14? This is a town that is built to look like a, a child's fort from the apocalypse. <laughs> You've just pieced things together and are like, that's a house. It really is. Like, throughout so many different things, there's just random sheet metal, yeah. like, structures mm-hmm. in different places. And the uh, town water supply is held <laughs> together by rags. <laughs> And it's just, you know, all kinds of wonderful, wonderful (laughs) post-apocalyptic living. But also, uh, how the fuck does anybody have a job or make any money? That's what I was saying. Shank's the only one who's, like, there to sell. It's, what, 40-plus miles or something anywhere else? So the um, the mom Mm -hmm. of the daughter who's in Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hacker. Even though the roles were switched in the book. Tell me how you really feel. Wow. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's a fact. (laughs) I'm stating facts. Yeah. She was asking Earl and Val if they would help her build her kiln. So I bet you she does pottery. And I was going to say sells it on the internet. But then remembered it was 1990. Yeah. So she goes to craft fairs in that place that's 40 miles away. And since the taxes where she lives are probably next to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and they just pay Chang everything. Because mm. I'm sure he's in charge of the natural gas. Yeah. I'm sure he's mm. in charge of Oh my god, he everything. is. Like, he is like the most industrious yeah, dude in that town. face on a logo, it'd be everywhere. Like, <laughs> like he's so modest. It's Chang's he, wearing he... everything. <laughs> But he's so modest because he doesn't want you to know. Exactly. Don't pay attention. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain. This is why I think Chang is capable of uh, organizing this whole debacle. And he's been getting away with it so long, didn't even consider the possibility of being a victim mm-hmm. of his own plot. Yeah. How many times have I said that now? I'm really trying to say it Maybe as often three? as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, though, just, just give it a couple couple minutes thought. You're in a town of 14 people. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly is threatened. It'll do anything you have to do. He's the overextended bee. Look at this shop. <laughs> you think he's, he's about to default on a loan and he can't afford to... Uh... I think it's possible, which is why he would rely on a cursed egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about other than Chang's uh, conspiracy? The Baconator punched one of the monsters. Oh. Does that make him a part of an exclusive club? What? Like, are there other movies in which people have punched the giant monster? Kevin Bacon in 1990. <laughs> was he the original founder? Like, wow. you know what I mean? Like, here's yeah. A... Who's punched monsters who? before? Who? Yeah. No, but that's... see, the thing is, you, you have to make it. <laughs> who has punched a monster in a world where there aren't, like, superpowers... And people aren't, like, super like crazy strong. World. Like, the real world. Like and, This monster happens to exist somehow. In the real world. Yes. It can't be some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie <laughs> <laughs> where he's, like, punching everybody. Shit, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Have you punched a monster? Oh, yeah. Um, I think this kind of also, we talk about... Like, if there's a club for something, so there's going to be now a club for people who punch monsters. We should probably start a list. Yes. Um, we've already talked about a club for people who get to say the F word in, like, PG-13 oh, movies. Because, yeah. like, only one or two people get to say that. And it's I feel like it's an Kevin honor. Kevin Bacon said Some, the F word sometimes... in this movie. <laughs> one of the two times it was allowed. Oh, I don't remember who said the other one, but... Yeah, probably Earl. Probably. So, yeah, it makes sense. It does. But, like, sometimes they give it to extras and stuff. Or, like, really small parts. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to do when you consider that we consider it right. a club. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should start making a list of, of all these people. Like, oh, these people punch monsters. These people <laughs> did this. These people did unnecessary backflips. Oh, my God. Unnecessary backflips. <laughs> oh, so many. Yeah. I think that's a lot of fun. I think yeah. that would be a really good time to, uh, nice. to bring that up. Cool. Will do. Monster <laughs> Noted. Club. Duly. <laughs> now, for this movie, I would say it's about three Keefe Bowls. Yes. Our rating um, on how many Keefe Bowls it would take to talk through everything that goes on in this movie. Um, on all the way to Chang, uh, <laughs> the Chang conspiracy. You guys could make so, it there. Yes, I think you could bowls. make it there. If you yeah. Get through three bowls. Oh, for sure. Three bowls. So thanks for joining us again uh, for another episode of Kiefer I Barely Knew Her. If you enjoy the show, definitely subscribe. Feel free to send us any messages, uh, suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our Instagram, which is Kiefer, I B K H. Uh, we also have a website, just Kiefer, I B K H. Dot com. Um, credit to uh, Kevin McLeod for the music. McLeod! Every time. Uh, Every time. Every time. <laughs> um, keep an eye out for uh, future episodes on Tuesdays. And I uh, hope that you guys can come and join us again and see where this story takes you. 